1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me in the studio today, I'm going to have Dr. Fiona Lewis, who's a registered dietitian and chef, and we are going to be talking about plant-based diet myths. There have been lots of headlines out in the media the past couple of weeks about plant-based diets, and we're going to help clear up some confusion there. If you have a question about plant-based diets or a comment, we would love to hear those today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. Welcome back. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and a Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me today, I have Dr. Fiona Lewis, who has a lot of things, but some of the things we'll list today. She's a registered dietitian. She is a trained chef. Uh, as well as having a doctorate of public health from Lema Linda. So she is a wealth of information about nutrition, and in particular, plant-based nutrition. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It seems um, almost on a daily basis, the movement towards more plants is gaining momentum. Um, I know that um, more and more people are interested in what a plant-based diet means, right. but I think that they get um, scared mm-hmm. and confused or see it as an extreme. Right. And so those are some of the things that we're going to talk about today. If you have a question or a comment or you've heard something about a plant-based diet and you want us to kind of dive down into what the science actually says about that, we're happy to do it. Our number is one MPB ring. It's 1 877 672 7464. All right, um, I think the best place for us to start is just. Like, what is a plant-based diet? Sure. So, tell me what a plant-based um, diet is.
0: Basically, um, it's what it's not. I'll say what it's not. <laughs> what it's not. It's not um, just being vegan. Right. It's not uh, removing all animal products because people typically think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's where most of my um, my um, my plate is plants. Yes. Um, so, my, I have my grains. Which are plants? I have my my vegetables, which are plants. My protein, which is really where the issue is, um, a lot of times can be plant based, like um, lentils or uh, beans or um, nuts, and 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 even grains have mm-hmm. protein. But my As we think about our plates and how we were used to it, if we were going to remove the chicken um, at one meal, I would put some beans or some some sort of legumes there. Um, So it's basically I'm eating mostly plants at each meal, even at breakfast, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So... Please, if you're gonna try to attempt to do a plant-based eating pattern, and um, please don't don't just remove your chicken all of a sudden. Um, take, yeah, your, yeah. take your time. Let's take our time. Let's take, take your take time. time. Take some time to understand a little bit about what um, eating more plants is like and get your taste buds up to it and just to, it's it's really a shift in perspective yeah yeah you know when, really I, when I start especially since um, most of our foods are based or meals are based around animal foods it's really important to start uh, making little shifts at a time I, I love what you always say start with breakfast mm-hmm. or start do um, one animal food at a time mm-hmm. so instead of cheese and, and bacon I just do One or the other. Right. 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 right.
1: Yeah. And so there's lots of different terms floating out there. You mentioned vegan, Mm -hmm. um, which a vegan diet is a plant-based diet. Right. right. Um, But um, when we're talking about plant-based diets, we want to do them in a healthy way. Right. Right. Because most folks that adopt a plant-based diet do so for the health benefits of it. Um, I'm not going to say most folks, but a lot of folks who choose a vegan diet Came toward that diet because of a an animal welfare issue, ethical or religious, right, um, or even climate control. You know, climate health and those kinds of things. Um, But depending on how you you build your plate, Mm -hmm. not all vegan foods are healthy. Absolutely. Um, You know, there's been a lot about these uh, new uh, fast food restaurant options that are technically vegan, vegan, right? Um, there's, you know, different patties out there right. that are, would classify as vegan because they're plant, they're made from plants, plants. Yeah. Um, but they would
0: not fall onto what
1: I call a healthy plant-based right. diet. And right? we
0: can, we, let's, talk about, yeah, let's talk about that because that's, um, those foods are highly processed. Yes. To start with um, beets and some other ingredients and um, put them together um, and get a patty I have to work really hard right. to um, get the patty simulated. As opposed, to if I just made my own uh, black bean burger and right. added some shredded beets or something like that, right. then I still have the integrity of the plants. Right. I still have all the nutrients of the beets and um, and the beans. Yeah,
1: right. So technically, when we're talking about a healthy plant-based diet, the term that you may see thrown out is whole food, plant-based, and that just means that the food has not been messed with as much. So when we look at some of these commercial um, alternative meat products, um, they often have a lot of fat added into them, and while fat is not bad, and Mm -hmm. we can talk about that in just a little bit, um, adding fat... For no reason. Right. Is not necessarily the healthiest option there. Now, does that mean that I've never had one of these alternative meat patties? Absolutely not. You know, we were um, actually on the road going on vacation and we needed to stop somewhere. And so instead of having a meat based item. I had one of these. One, I was curious to what it tasted like, and it was good, right? But nowhere in me did I delude myself into thinking that that was like a a health food, like, you know, that that was gonna make me healthy, because I chose that one over the other one. I just didn't want to have an animal based meal at that point. So, you know, my perspective on, on those is they are in no way a health food. But if it gets you more curious about, moving to a plant-based diet if the thought of never having a burger is keeping you from going to a plant-based diet then one of those every now and then is not going to be the end of the world you know absolutely it's definitely an option out there so um I put this question out on social media about plant-based diets, and if anyone had questions, and I get them almost on a daily basis because mm-hmm. um, I'm very vocal on social media about the power of plants and mm-hmm. you know how they have helped me kind of change my health perspective and feel so much better. Um, and some of the things that I probably – can't even count on two hands the number of time i get this question right. which is where do you get your protein absolutely
0: i was hoping we would yeah start and, with that and one. before
1: i went plant-based i remember so my trainer was um vegan mm-hmm. and i remember telling him i was like i just don't know how you get your protein in and bless his heart he did not strangle me because <laughs> <laughs> i get irritated now when people they're like where's your protein right. um it, it's not just in animals right, right. and we We tend to think about things in buckets, like this is my protein, this is my carb, this is my this, when there's not a food out there that just has one one thing in it. So, well, maybe like oil, like it's just got fat in it. Right. But, you know, things are made
0: up of a a mixture of the macronutrients, right? right? So, talk to me about protein. So, let's talk about protein because I've heard uh, it both ways. I've heard that uh, you don't get enough protein, and I've heard uh, plant based diets are carbohydrate-rich. Yes! So, as you alluded to, each food that we eat will have a mixture of carbohydrates, fat, and protein. So, um, it's not like we typically see in um, mainstream media where the plate is divided into different sections of carbohydrate, fat, and protein. It just doesn't, or vegetables, uh, protein, and carbs. It doesn't really work that way with whole foods. They're Just nature intended them to be um, as bountiful and in abundance and health supportive as possible. So they come with the protein. So where do you get your protein from? You got your legumes, you got your beans, any type of beans, Um, you got your nuts, um, you have seeds. And um, depending on what you choose, for instance, a a cup of uh, lentils or beans can start at 8 grams of protein up to 20. Um, tofu, you know, if we're doing a non-GMO mm-hmm. type or some sort of soybean non-GMO type product, per half a cup, it's like a 10 grams yeah. to start with. Um, nuts and seeds an ounce and an ounce isn't very little mm-hmm. starting at um three and up to five um, nine grams of right. protein and then whole grains Woo-hoo. that's one
1: that blows whole people's grains. minds when i tell them there's protein in whole grains they're like no that's not that's just starch right. you know
0: right but it's not. not it's not if it's if it's processed whole grains meaning like white pasta um uh, where the hull has been removed from from the um the wheat or any sort of whole grains the the endosperm uh the germ those kind of things removed then you're not gonna get the protein right. the way you're supposed to and, and the other nutrients the B vitamins as well but for sure about f- uh, four to nine grams per cup yeah. at least depending on what you choose so it's important to remember take home message from this is that um you have to shift shift the way you think in terms of when you're eating plants, because plants are going to be a diverse package of carbohydrates, um, protein, fat, as well as all the micronutrients and vitamins and minerals. Right. So just if if we can uh, shift our thinking about that, I think then that's a good place to start with the protein. Right. So rest assured, we're two qualified health professionals (laughs) who also eat plant-based foods. And we're saying you can get your protein. In fact, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has said, you know, this position mm-hmm. statement that um, when a plant based diet is planned well, it is nutritionally adequate and sound for all um, age groups, for all genders, um, for all lifestyles, including yeah. athletes, endurance and mm-hmm. um, strength, um, yeah. um, weight builders right. as well. Right. So, um whole food plant-based diets are well endorsed because they're nutritionally adequate. And not only that, you also are able to um, reduce your risk for cancer, heart disease, um, diabetes, and all the chronic illnesses that we, you know, we struggle with as a nation and even as a state. Right. Absolutely.
1: So we're going to go ahead and take our first break of the hour. When we come back, I want to continue talking about protein a little bit because I want to talk about how much we actually need right. and how much we're actually consuming right. and a little bit more about combining foods to get there. Um, if you have a question or a comment about plant-based diets, now is a perfect time to give us a call. We've got open lines and we're ready to talk to you today. Our number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can send me an email at fit at org. We'll be back in just a few. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell here with Dr. Fiona Lewis and we are discussing plant-based diets today and in particular trying to dispel some of the myths that float around out there about plant-based diets. If you have a question or a comment about eating more plants and whether it could be a good fit for you and how to get started or any of those things, or maybe even something you've seen in the media, we would love to talk with you today. Our number is one MPB ring, And you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. All right. Before the break, we were talking about protein, answering that age old question of where do you get your protein on a plant-based diet? And we talked about some of those things. Um, but I think that we would do a disservice if we didn't talk about protein mm-hmm. needs, because we are protein obsessed in this country, um, thinking that it is going to fix all the things right. and that we just need to eat more of it right. right but and there are definitely folks who have increased protein right. needs right? right you know i mean if someone has a wound right right like a like a a pressure ulcer,
0: exactly, or burn, or burn,
1: something like that. The, yeah. yeah. Then we need to increase their protein if they've got um, uh, like a malabsorption disorder, right. um, cystic fibrosis, right. things like that. We're going to need some more protein. Cancer
0: wasting if they're on chemo, cancer, right. um, HIV, wasting. Any illness that will cause them to lose weight unintentionally, mm-hmm. um, ov- uh, quickly over a short period of time. That really means you're uh, using uh, muscles. For energy, and that's uh, definitely not a good thing. So you would need some extra protein.
1: And then certain athletes that are, you know, in a bulk stage when they're really trying to increase their muscle mass um, may need increased protein for that. That would be something I'd work with a sports dietitian on absolutely. to absolutely get the, the number there. But most of us, regardless of how um, awesome we think we are in the gym, are not quite at that level uh, of needing significantly higher levels of protein. Right. So right. the average American, how much protein do we need?
0: Um, usually our calculation is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. And if you don't want to figure out the math, you can just actually go on the internet and just put your numbers in a a calculator and it'll do it for you, but it's only 0.8. And so um, if we actually... Tracked how much protein we ate per day and then did the back calculations, we would see we were probably getting like 1.2 grams per kilo, 1.5. And in cases where people are thinking they're working out a lot. 1.8 is what right, I saw the other day. Of two. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right.
1: And so what, you know, what is the bad thing about having too much protein? Sure, Yeah, sure, can you sure. get it? You can get too much, right? You sure can.
0: Yeah. Um, kidney stones. Yes. That's one of our, those are painful. So we definitely don't want to do that. Um, we do ourselves a disservice um, because uh, the body has to pull calcium out of the bones to buffer the extra protein. So then we end up having some situations where um, we might... End up leaching calcium from the bones. Right, and they'll get weaker. Exactly. Osteoporosis, you know, and then if we fall, then we break something, and it's just a
1: whole, you know, whole um, uh, spiral of that. You know, the other thing is you know, we think about when we eat too much sugar or we eat too much um, mm-hmm. fat, like our body kind of recognizes those and has places to store them, Absolutely. right? But we don't just get big muscles if we eat too much protein, right? Mm-hmm. Our body has to do something right. with that extra protein um, that we're not able to to utilize. And so, I mean, there is a process called right. gluconeogenesis right. where you got to turn that protein, some of it, into sugar to right. be able to store it, right? right? And so that doesn't help our blood sugar levels if we have diabetes. Absolutely. So, You know, there's uh, it's not a magic bullet. We definitely want adequate amount of protein, but we also want to think about the package in which that protein comes. And when I say package, I don't mean like a bag or a (laughs) box that it comes in. I mean, the nutrient package. What what baggage is that protein bringing with it? You know, is it bringing saturated fat and cholesterol or is it bringing um, uh, fiber with it? And that's really the difference between an animal-based protein and a plant-based protein. You know? So when people now ask me, where do you get your protein? I turn it around and say, where do you get your fiber? Right. You know, because um, fiber only lives in plants, right? Yes, ma'am. Uh, and cholesterol only lives in, in animals, right? right? So um, when we're talking about protein choices, when we can sub in some plant-based protein, we're automatically boosting fiber and right. decreasing saturated fat and cholesterol right. there. So we to Think about the choices. Um, you mentioned legumes yes. other earlier, and usually when I mention that to someone, they go, "What? What's okay. a legume?"
0: <laughs> they beans them, and lentils. Beans so and lentils. Yeah, any sort of beans and lentils you feel comfortable eating. Go for it. Yeah. And
1: peanuts fall into the right, le- right, legume category right, right. as well. Um, and a lot of times, I think when we hear the word bean, we think about just one kind of bean right. because maybe that's all we kind of grew up with right. was like a pinto bean. Right. You know, those are big down here. I love pinto beans. Mm-hmm. But there are just yeah. a multitude of a variety of legumes right. in which to choose from. So, you know, some of my favorites are black beans. Yes. You mentioned that black bean patty er- red earlier, beans. red beans. Uh, kidney beans, right. uh, the pinto beans we talked mm-hmm. about. But then don't think don't forget about like your peas, peas. as well. Black eyed peas. Black eyed peas. I mean that is a staple here in right. Mississippi. And you know, we gotta be a little bit cognizant of the way we, we cook we it, fix it. And exactly. prepare it. Exactly. Um, and what we, you know, combine it with right. but you know, some cornbread and some black eyed peas and some turnip greens. Oh my goodness. I mean that's just yes. a good old yummy plate right Absolutely. there. That would definitely be considered plant based. Um, and you know, would fit Fill you, I call it right. fill you up without filling you out, right? right. You know, so it's very um, full of fiber that's going to keep us full and satisfied right. for longer. Yeah. All right, so that's kind of my uh, my rant on on protein, protein. today. <laughs> um, if you have a question about protein or about anything related to a plant based diet, we're happy to uh, take the call today. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. All right. So the other things that I he- that that I've gotten questions about because we hear it out in the media is vitamin D mm-hmm. and B twelve. Okay. So those are two um, those are nutrients that um, are often considered lower in a plant based diet that right. we don't have enough of those. Um, And so that I've heard people say, well, I I don't want to go on a diet that is not meeting my nutritional needs and I'd have to take supplements. Right. So let's put it in perspective a little bit. Okay. So vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. Like, I pulled some stats this morning to look at. So you've got actual vitamin D deficiency. So the number is low enough that I need to put you on some prescription high-dose vitamin D to get you up. And then we've got vitamin D insufficiency, which means your levels are kind of low normal. Like, they're not super bad, but they're they're not optimal. Right. And so just the average American population, uh, about 29% are vitamin D deficient, okay? And 41.4% are vitamin D insufficient. And I can guarantee you that is nowhere near, there are nowhere near that many plant-based eaters in America, right? Absolutely. So while it's true that plants have very little vitamin D, that shouldn't be a reason to keep you from going on a plant-based diet Absolutely. because our animal-based diet or our standard American diet is not meeting our vitamin exactly. D needs either. right?
0: Exactly. Um, so talk to me about sources of vitamin D. Where do those suckers live? So um, in terms of plant-based ones, I'm, I can do fortified foods. I can okay. do the fortified plant milks. I have um, uh, mushrooms, um, fortified cereals. Right. Um, in general, because um, we are known to not meet our vitamin D needs from our foods, the foods are fortified right. to help us. Right. Um, Not to mention, I know that skin cancer is an issue, but just getting out for anybody, just getting out to go get some sun exposure, uh, 10 minutes or so. Right, yeah, about 10 minutes, a couple times a week. Right, Um, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of
1: on your, you know, your torso area kind of helps absorption there. Um, But even when we look at the standard American diet, the majority of folks are getting their vitamin D in that diet mm-hmm. from supplemented foods right. as well. Like right. the vitamin D is added right. to the cow's milk right. dairy. Um, it's added to the cereals right. and all these other kinds of things. Because when we look at actual foods that come with vitamin D in them, you know it's usually going to be more your fattier fishes. Right. Right. Um, and not a lot of folks eat those fish that often, right? Right. Um, You mentioned mushrooms um, and it's because some mushrooms are able to, when they're exposed to UV light, able to synthesize the vitamin D. And And that's how
0: we do it in our skin. Yeah, So it's like little little skin
1: (laughs) shrooms. That sounded gross though. So let's not do that one. But um, little mushrooms there. Uh, And I was actually pleasantly surprised the other day when I was at the grocery store and the the package of mushrooms that was sitting there said great source of vitamin D. So it was highlighting that option um there. And then at the end of the day, if we have to take a little multivitamin, it does it. It's not just a plant-based eater's uh, issue; it's everybody's everybody's, right. everybody's issue. issue. You know, I mean, I routinely check vitamin D levels on my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't screen everyone because the U.S. Preventative Task Force says the evidence is not there yet mm-hmm. for universal screening of everyone with vitamin D for vitamin D deficiency. But if we have symptoms, you know, if we've mm-hmm. got you know maybe our bone density was right. a little low, or we've got extreme fatigue, right. or you know these kinds of things, then then we're Checking uh, vitamin D levels there on folks. Now, vitamin B12 is right. another kind of nutrient of concern. Tell me what what is vitamin B12, why we need it.
0: So B12 is one of the B complexes to help with um, uh, nerve and muscle function. Um, I'll say this. If anybody is switching from... An anima- animal-based diet to a plant-based diet delivers stores uh, vitamin B12 uh, for about four to seven years, around there. So you'll have your stores. Um, for those of us who are um, plant-based, strictly plant-based, then we will have to do some sort of fortified um Product, um, whether it's a cereal or plant milk, because um, vitamin B twelve is made in the colon of mm-hmm. animals. So mm-hmm. we make B twelve in our colon. It's just that it's absorbed in our small intestine. So it, it can go backwards right. to being absorbed. Really, right, right, yeah.
1: And you know, the plant you said the animals make it in their colons, and right. they're getting it usually from the soil right, when, right, they, right, when they when right, they eat. Right. And now that. We are super sanitary, right, Right. in the way that we farm and harvest things. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, we don't want to be eating dirty things. (laughs) Now our vegetables don't have those Those little little particles of B12 on them, which, so that's why um, a plant-based diet does not provide enough B12. Um, So... People ask me all the time, how much B12 right. do I need to take? That's a hard question to answer um, for an individual without knowing what their B12 level exactly. is, right? Exactly. Um, because if you are deficient in B12, like a true deficiency, then there are going to be some replacement differences. Right. Like we may have to do injections right. for that, oral things. Um, depends on whether you're on medicines that impair the absorption of vitamin Absolutely. B12, Um but just for the average person, if you just take a multivitamin, yes. it's got about six micrograms of B12 in it, which is, is adequate yes. for um, someone who is not deficient to maintain their B12 um, levels. So you don't have to you know, get this expensive stuff going on exactly. there for yeah. that. And meat eaters get B12 deficiency, too. I yes, see lots good. and lots of folks with B12 deficiency. Um, and actually, when we look at uh, older adults, yes. so people that are over the age of 50 or so we know that their ability to absorb b12, b12. goes down yes, right it does. so um looking at uh, actually true deficiency you know three or four percent of our older adults Mm -hmm. are deficient in b12 and then if we took it to just uh, b12 insufficiency so low levels that are not deficient but not great either it's about 20 Mm percent of older folks so it's something that we definitely want to keep in mind and may have to supplement for someone who's not even a a plant-based eater there Um, so again don't let the um, fear of, of a plant-based diet being deficient in things that right. you need, um, cloud your judgment as to whether you could try a plant-based diet because that's just not—it's not the case. You can get everything you need by balancing your plate out there. All right, let's go ahead and take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about um, expensive because yes. that's the other question I get yes, a lot. Is, I can't eat yes. that way because it costs too yes. much. So if you have a question about how to eat plant-based on a budget or anything about plant-based diets or nutrition in general, we're happy to take those calls today. Our number is one mpb ring It's one eight seven seven 672 We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is my great friend and colleague, Dr. Fiona Lewis, and we're talking all about Plant-based diets today, and trying to dispel some of those myths out there related to uh, plant-based diets, and how you can get a completely nutritious, satisfying, and mm. economical meal um, by uh, only plants. Yes, you know, I, I mean, I've been doing it. How, how long have you been plant-based?
0: I've been plant-based uh, since 2004, on and off to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always kept the plant-based. Sometimes, depending on what's happening, like if I kind of go off on a tangent. got a, <laughs> got a little flexible, yeah. but for the, yeah. Yeah, since for the 2004. most part, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: And so you got me beat um, a, a good bit there. Um, I've been plant-based since October, so coming up on my um, one-year plant uh next month, and I can tell you, you know, I mean, we always want to look at the evidence and what the studies are right. saying, um, but just from an anecdotal standpoint, I have not felt Better and in such a long time. Um, And, you know, I mean, yes, I've lost weight um, from it. I lost about 17 pounds. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Wasn't even trying to lose the the weight. You know, I did not did not move toward plant-based for weight loss, but those foods are naturally lower in fat and calories. Right. And so um, I do tend to stay full for longer and be, be healthy um, from that perspective. But really the, the biggest benefit I've seen and why people ask me why I continue to eat mm-hmm. that way has been uh, my migraines. So, you know, there, I mean, there is some literature out there supporting the use of plant-based diets for headaches um, and inflammatory type conditions and those types of things. But just from my, my personal experience, which I cannot generalize that to everyone, right. um, you know, I was having, before going plant-based, because I track my, my migraines, I was having 22 pain days a month. So no wonder Most I was so month. grumpy all the time because right. my head hurt all the time. And now um, I have two pain days a month. So, you know, I mean, that's a rather drastic decrease um, there. And, you know, I can't point to any one particular thing that it is, um, but I just know I'm better. And right. so I'm going I'm to take it, you know, and run with it. All right. We do have a caller. We're going to go ahead and go to Natchez and talk with Ashley. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. What can we help you with today? So I've been on a pretty plant-based diet for um, close to 15 years. Wow. I do eat uh, dairy, and I also eat seafood occasionally. Okay. But um, recently I was
0: um, told I have low testosterone levels, and I was wondering if there's anything I could do as far as diet's concerned to kind of address that concern. Hmm.
1: Not off the top of my head, am I thinking about anything from a you know, from a plant based diet perspective that would increase testosterone levels? You, Fiona, right. anything not there? Not off the
0: top of my head either. No,
1: I'm assuming you're working with uh, an endocrinologist right. to work on those testosterone levels.
0: Well, I just um, I my, my regular doctor's okay. one that told me about it. And okay. I did some of my own research, and I did not like the idea of the hormones added. Right. I guess it's a little rare for females to get hormones or testosterone is right. not necessarily a proven thing. So I was trying to see if there was something I could do lifestyle-based mm. to increase that versus medicine.
1: Um, off the top of my head the thing that comes to mind which, I, which I'd which i use for men with low testosterone is looking at your sleep because we do okay. know that poor sleep patterns um, tend to cause a dip in testosterone levels so really? yeah so looking at sleep making sure that you know the bare minimum on sleep is seven hours um, the upper limit because we, we can sleep too much is about nine hours so that sweet spot is about eight hours in there for a good night's sleep and that's quality sleep so I always ask folks what time do you go to bed how long does it take you to go to sleep because it should take less than 30 minutes to, to fall asleep do you wake up a bunch during the night if so are you able to go back to sleep easily what time do you get up What time do you get out of the bed? And then how refreshed do you feel on a scale of 0 to 10? Because if you're getting that 7 to 9 hours and you're not refreshed, you know, you're like a 2 or a 3 out of 10, then we need to look and see do we have some type of sleep disorder going on? Do we have a sleep apnea, restless leg, some other kind of parasomnia going on? there. Um, And if we're not getting that duration, um, and we're not feeling refreshed, then we need to step back and look at our actual sleep hygiene and our sleep environment and the routine leading up to sleep, um, so that we can maximize our chance of getting good quantity and quality of sleep. Okay, thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for that call. It was a great one. Thanks. You're welcome. All right, Fiona. So that was an interesting call there. And, you know, sleep, while not the focus of today's show, is fundamental to overall health. And so I encourage everyone to think about their sleep patterns. When folks come to see me in Lifestyle Medicine Clinic, there are kind of four domains that I assess Mm -hmm. every single person um, for nutrition, nutrition, Physical activity, stress, and sleep, and most of them look like look at me like I'm nuts when I say let's talk about your sleep, and right. they're like, but I'm here to lose weight, you know, or I'm here good to treat win. my cholesterol, exactly. and I'm like, so am I. That's my exactly. that's my goal is exactly. to get you healthier, and we've got to have the sleep on board for that. Yes. And one of the big reasons I say that is because when we don't get that appropriate duration of sleep or that good quality of sleep, um, we're impaired. Like, our brain is impaired. I mean, there have been studies that show that, you know, sleep deprivation... Makes you drunk. Right. Yeah, it makes like that alcohol. level of impairment. Yeah. And think about if you've ever had too much to drink, um, you don't make good decisions. Right. right? Is very <laughs> clouded. <laughs> Your judgment is clouded. Um, and you also have decreased impulse control. Right. Like everything sounds like a good idea. You know, so like
0: grabbing whatever. Right. Like that ding dong right. sounds like a good idea.
1: <laughs> I'll eat it. Right. And so when we're trying to um, make healthier choices and we're sleep deprived, Food gives us that instant, like, feel good Absolutely. for a second, you know, and then often regret later, later on. on. Just S- like when we're drunk. Just like when we're drunk, right? You're like, what did I do? You know, so um, really working on sleep and then stress as well yes. as fundamental parts of that that pyramid that we're trying to build of healthy living Um, yes you can change your diet and your physical activity without addressing those other twos but for lasting sustainable change you got to have all four parts there to really build the foundation of health yeah so it's it's very 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 important all right we're going to go over to mobile and talk with claire this morning hello claire hello how are you i'm fine thank you good what can we help you with
0: well, I'm wondering in the um, in the plant-based uh, diets, uh, what can you substitute for grease and oil? Okay. And then also uh, because, like with peanut butter mm-hmm. and things like that, it gives me heartburn. You know. Okay. So that's
1: my question. All right. Well, it's an excellent one. And I know I have some thoughts, but I'm going to turn it over to Fiona because I know she does as well, especially being a chef. You know how to cook without all these added oils.
0: So if we're going to saute, you you could use water Mm -hmm. um, and also vegetable stock uh, broth. Low sodium. That's pretty good for sautéing, like sa- so savory cooking. And then if I'm baking, I'm using uh, banana or applesauce. Those are really uh, the go-to. For instance, the applesauce is a fourth of a cup for um, for eggs. If I wanted to decrease my mm-hmm. my eggs there, but. Definitely those two foods. Um, I can also use beans, you mm-hmm. know, like when I love your black beans. My black bean brownies? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, those are good. So those are my, uh, the top, top um, choices mm-hmm. in terms of when I'm going to replace oil in my cooking. Yeah. So so with your black bean um, burger, you'd put the uh, uh, applesauce? Oh, no. no, so
1: my um, my black bean recipe is for black bean brownies. brownies. Okay. Yeah, right. don't put your applesauce in your apple black bean and, burger and, and you will. Baking, I will, Yeah, I yeah. will get hate mail on that one because it will taste
0: super bad. No, ma'am. So um, we're baking. We're yeah, baking we're baking on with, that one. Um, the applesauce and we're baking with the banana. Mm-hmm. Those will replace the oil. Yeah. And in savory cooking, we're using water or um, if you use wine, wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you also want to get a little more depth of flavor, then you would use the... Uh, the vegetable broth or vegetable stock. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. yeah.
0: Well, that's a lot of help. Thank you so much. You're, You're welcome. welcome.
1: <laughs> um, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and take our last break of the hour. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about oil and why we do um, talk about limiting it, even mm-hmm. even that old healthy oil, olive oh, oil boy. there. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that when we come back from the break and also touch on a couple of studies that have come out recently. If you've got a question or a comment, now is the time. Our number is one MPB ring. It's one 672 We'll be back in just a few. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell and you're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Our topic today is plant-based diets. We've had some great calls around that, and we're helping to dispel some myths about plant-based diets. My guest is Dr. Fiona Lewis, dietitian, chef, just all around awesome individual who has a wealth of information about um, healthy eating and plant-based eating in general. Before the break, we had a caller who was asking about oil and ways to replace it. Um, So let's talk about, um, just for a minute or two, why we even have that conversation, like why we are working on, pulling back on the amount of
0: oils that we use. Right. Before I forget, we forgot avocados. You can oh, also yeah. use avocados Avocado. as mm-hmm. a sub for yeah. for um, oils. And so we are watching our fat intake because um, in terms of uh, calories, fat, it tends to be calorically dense. So if I have one gram of uh, carbohydrate, protein, and fat, I'm going to get t- almost twice as much um, calories from the fat, um, or foods high in fat. Mm-hmm. Whether it's avocados, or olive oils, or uh, nuts, I'm still gonna get more calories. Right. Um, and so that's important to prevent weight gain. That's important to lose weight. Right. And so we are wanting to still, although it's healthy, we still wanna watch how much fat we get. Right,
1: yeah. Fat is fat It's fat. Fat is fat is fat, you know? And so the, every fat, Olive oil, coconut oil, um, butter, like a tablespoon of fat is 120 calories right. and 14 grams right. of actual fat. Right. And you think about a tablespoon, like that's just a little right. little blob. Like that's not much. And so when we talk about how we are full, right, right. and what full and satisfied, it's usually by volume of exactly. how much stuff we put in our belly. Right. So when we put a very small amount of something that's got a whole lot of calories, calories. in it, it um, doesn't fill us up as much, and we tend to overeat things. Right. Um uh, one of the things that I work with folks on, even folks that are plant based, when they come um, to see me and they're wanting to lose weight, um, one of the things we start to look at is how much of these healthy fats are, right. we, are we using? Right. So it's not that they're inherently bad for us, but they are calorically dense. And so if we're having nuts and nut butters multiple times, times during the, the day, day right. right? Or avocado on everything, you mm. know, then we've got a lot of oil. And a lot of fats and therefore a lot of calories on board. And so right. we talk about pulling pulling back on some of those things um, to help balance that out. And really think about adding oils to your pan when you're cooking. All you're doing is keeping the food from sticking right. and making it move around, you know. So like you mentioned, the water, the stock, the wine, mm-hmm. all of those things will accomplish the, the, right. the same thing That's there true. on that. Yep. Um, so. I do want to touch on, because I mentioned we want to touch on that, expensive. Mm-hmm. So I hear that a lot. I can't afford to eat this way, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about
0: inexpensive ways to eat plant-based. So plant-based, the reason why it's expensive is usually the convenience plant-based foods. The the foods that are transition, you know, the ones in the right. package, like the alternative uh, the meats. Alternative meats. And the are, cheeses right. and the butters and exactly. all that stuff. Those are expensive. Yeah. So if I purchase um, fruits and vegetables from a farmer's market at peak when they're peak ripe, and I can, or I freeze them, um, that's inexpensive. When I want to buy frozen vegetables and even frozen fruit, depending on what I'm making, um, those are very inexpensive. Sometimes I can get ten for ten dollars, or right. whatever the case. I can buy them in bulk, and I can store those for up to six months. The frozen items. Um, the dried items, the grains and the the legumes and the beans and the peas. Oh my goodness. They're so cheap. Dollar store, They're so cheap. Dollar dining for sure. Yeah. Um and those can be stored for one uh, one to two years um in a dry place, cool yeah. dry place. I can store them that way too. So, um the rest is up to us to actually be creative about how we're going to fix them, but in terms of purchasing the staples of a plant-based diet, they're really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I can even choose to buy in bulk yeah. and store them or share them. Mm-hmm. So one idea um, I'd like to share is like to do like a little co-op. If you and a few of your family member or friends or church uh, family want to try the plant-based thing, uh, you go to uh, one of those warehouse stores and, and buy in bulk and then deviate out and mm-hmm. try and see how that works for you. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's, it's not as expensive as you think. No, I mean a bag of lentils. You you can
1: get them at the Dollar Tree. Um, but even in sometimes they're even cheaper in the grocery store. They'll be like eighty nine right. cents or whatever. And that's a pound of beans exactly. there. And when you cook up a pound of beans, that's a lot yes, of of beans or lentils there. I mean, multiple meals you're going to get out of that. Yes. Think about a, a pound of of ground meat. You know, even the cheapest ground meat, which is not necessarily. Good for you. Right. I mean, it's usually got a lot of fillers and fat and things right. added into it. It's usually four ninety nine a pound, right. you know, and usually only lasts for one
0: meal, right. you know. So it's intentionality about planning what you're going to eat. That's the biggest thing with the plant tofu, plant based eating. Um, you do have to think about it, and and you and I have talked about this off ear um, about sitting down and planning for a week, mm-hmm. very simple uh, meal plan. But you're gonna eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Or however, you know you eat your meals, mm-hmm. and just picking one or two days, uh, one or two meals that are whole food plant based, and even just swapping out, like let's say it's a lasagna instead of the meat, you can do some lentils right. or or some or just a vegetable Spinachin lasagna, right? Right. Yeah, whatever. So it's it's a it does take planning. Um, but people who eat uh, animal foods also plan. Yes. Yeah. Everybody needs a plan. Everybody needs a plan. If you don't plan,
1: you plan to fail. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Now, I want to spend the next couple of little minutes talking about something that I have gotten sent to me multiple times over the past week by folks. Um, kind of going, what's the skinny on this article? Is there any truth to it? Or some folks who have are like, see, I told you, you shouldn't eat plant-based. So there um, has been a, a an article that came out based off of a, a study um, that was done. And the headline, which headlines are clickbait, guys. Right. Like when we put headlines out there, it's so we click on it, says plant-based diets increase risk of stroke, right? And so in my head, I went, First of all, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Right? Like, these are full of fiber, low in fat. What the heck yeah. is increasing right. the stroke risk, you know? So don't get distracted by the clickbait actually go in and look at the article. And this um, headline got picked up by lots of major um, news sources. So it's kind of reached the the populace of folks going out there. So when we we look at it first, and I've talked about this on the show before, you always want to look and see is this a reputable journal that has published this? And it was. It was British Medical Journal. Nice journal. Um, Look at the source of the data. Was it like three people, right? right? (laughs) Or not. And it wasn't. It was a good group of, of folks, a very respected database that this information was pulled out of so on the surface it looks like oh crap maybe there's something to this right Right. Um, so you gotta dig down a little bit deeper and actually read read the journal article and so first of all there are two kinds of strokes there's ischemic stroke which is where the blood flow is cut off to that part of the brain usually from a clot um, and that is, by and large, the most common type of, of mm-hmm. stroke when we think about people having a stroke. This article is not talking about that type of stroke. It was talking about hemorrhagic stroke, which is where the blood vessel actually pops and you, and you bleed into the brain. Okay? So not talking about the most common type of stroke, the, the smaller subset of strokes. And then the fault in the, in the data is that there were not enough folks in this database Um, to group them on diet quality, right? So um, there were not enough people who were strictly vegan, so that had no animal products. Um, there were some, and then there were vegetarians, which vegetarians are plant-based, but they also eat dairy and eggs mm-hmm. and cheese and all that kind of stuff. And spoiler alert, cheese is the number one source of saturated fat in the American diet. Okay? So um, they lumped those together. So really conclusions drawn looking at that group cannot be generalized out to a whole, whole food, food plant-based, plant-based diet, diet. right? And so they compared these folks Versus the meat eating group right. or the traditional American diet group. And when we look at matching of their, um, what their diets looked like on the nutritional level, the um, meat eaters had about 12% of their calories from saturated fat. Um, The plant-based eaters in this case had 11% from saturated fat. If you're eating a whole food plant-based diet, your saturated fat should be close to zero. I mean, it'll be definitely under five unless you're using a lot of uh, coconut Coconut oil oil, or or something like that. Palm oil. Um, But that's not on a whole food plant-based diet either. That's in processed Exactly. Right. And so um, then looking at fiber, um, the meat eaters were getting 19 grams of fiber a day. The plant based eaters were getting 22 grams of fiber a day, which is nothing. I mean, you know, I mean, when you look at a whole food plant based diet, easily thirty five grams right. of fiber if not more. I mean I usually get fifty grams right. of fiber a day on a plant based diet. So statistically they they didn't look that different. So I would kinda classify those folks as almost a junk food plant based right. diet with a lot of processed foods and those kinds of things. So The headline is misleading in that we cannot apply those results to a whole food plant based diet. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense there. Now, um, one potential mechanism that we think might be going on is there is some link between low LDL and hemorrhagic strokes. So potentially it could be there, but there's not enough evidence at this point to suggest that. So don't believe everything you read in the headlines. You got to get down in there or ask your health care provider, Absolutely. or me. You can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org, and I'm happy to answer your questions there. My goodness, Fiona, we are out of time, and it was another great sure show. Sure um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks to my producer, Kevin Farrell, and thanks to the listeners around the state who make this show great. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.